Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to Season 3, Episode 4 of The The Castle Chat. Chat. Hey friends, welcome back to Episode 4. Today is Resort Rewind and Recap. And our resort for this week is the Port Orleans Riverside and French Quarter. We're going to be telling you all about food, transportation, theming, you name it, we are going to touch on it. We're so excited to jump on in. Let's do it. love this episode because I get to learn a lot about different resorts, ones that I may have already been to, um, things I didn't know before, and resorts I haven't had a chance to go to yet. So I really love this episode because I haven't been to Port Orleans. I have been to Port Orleans, but in the same vein, I have not been to French Quarter, and I learn something new every time we do any episode, but there are 20 Disney resorts, I think, wow. and so... There's a lot for us to cover. I mean, we have to get 20 seasons in to cover them all. So this will definitely um, be something that I look forward to every season, just getting to familiarize myself with these resorts and figure out where I want to stay next. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think this is a really unique resort because it is like a two-part type of resort you can you can stay at one part of this resort either riverside or french quarter and get a totally different experience from staying in the other side of the resort as well yeah there's definitely a difference and you can tell the difference in the theming but overall that old south vibe runs through both of them and so um to also have a location where you're staying at one resort but you also get the benefit of having another Mm -hmm. right next door and you can actually we'll touch on this later use the amenities and things at that resort as well it makes it so you're staying in this really expansive area and you get to experience a lot just by you know even if you're just staying in one place sleeping in one place you get the other resort too yeah Let's talk about some of the history of this resort and kind of where everything started. Okay. For those of you who don't know, um, this resort is considered a moderate. um, And it's in the Disney Springs area of the Walt Disney World bubble or city, whatever you want to (laughs) consider it. Um, And the, the concept for this New Orleans themed resort came about in the 1980s we didn't see any of this come to fruition until the 90s but as early as 1980 they were talking about a resort that was themed after new orleans um there is a whole section in disneyland that is based on new orleans as Mm -hmm. well new orleans square and disneyland it doesn't exist in disney world and so i think that in trying to stay true to things that walt disney loved when they were coming up with this concept and trying to find a place for Walt Disney's love for New, love for New Orleans in Walt Disney World, um, I think that maybe that's what stemmed and sparked their, mm-hmm. their desire to create this space in Disney World um, that was something that Walt would have loved. And um, Disney Springs, as we know it today, used to be called the Lake Buena Vista Shopping Village. <laughs> and when that was 
in its earlier stages and things were going up, there was a concept for a restaurant there called the Empress Lily Steamboat, obviously Lily being the name of Walt's wife, um, and this steamboat culture that came from the South. Um, they wanted to have an expanded kind of experience where there was a restaurant but there was also a resort and you could maybe take boats back and forth um what i kind of en envisioned when i was reading this history was what we see in paddlefish like this yeah. restaurant that's a big steamboat type thing and you you know have dinner on it but then also the experience of getting off taking a smaller boat to a new orleans themed resort um having those be in conjunction with each other because this location is in the disney springs area and it would be easily accessible um i think that was kind of the idea but funny enough those ideas didn't come to fruition they put them you know aside and they ended up going with the idea for the boardwalk resort for the 25th anniversary that we touched on um in one of our earlier episodes but obviously they hung on to the idea which yeah. again goes back to the idea of nothing ever dies in in the world of disney they come up with all these ideas and they kind of table them for the time being until there's a better opportunity or mm -hmm. timing um, for it to come to fruition and so we saw that the french quarter uh, as we know it today opened as port orleans resort that was all there was. It opened in May of 1991, um, and later on, there was an addition next door, um, and that was Disney's Dixie Landings Resort, and that opened in 92. Both of them had this, like, Old South New Orleans flair to them, and a few years later, they decided to combine the resorts, both under this Port Orleans umbrella, and then mm -hmm. have the French Quarter side and the Riverside side. And so, <laughs> Riverside side. the Riverside side. And that happened in 2001. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 10 years after the original opening of what we know as Port Orleans, um, they decided to combine these two resorts under one name um, with two different sections. And I thought it was kind of interesting um, in reading about this quote-unquote merger. Um, <laughs> basically, all of the offerings and amenities, aside from what was like stuck at the resort, like pools and things, French Quarter ended up, or what used to be Port Orleans that turned into French Quarter, gave up their amenities and restaurants for oh, okay. the the Riverside combo um for whatever reason and when guests would stay at the french quarter side they would tell them if they wanted to do boat rentals or bike rentals or things that were there before they ended up having to go over to the riverside section to be able to enjoy any of those mm -hmm. um and there was a single table service restaurant at french quarter um that was named named bon famille's I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It's very French. Bon famille. Sounds all right. Yeah. It was um, taken from... It's the name of the older lady from Aristocats. Oh, cool. Um, so it, because Aristocats takes place in Paris, and this was the French Quarter, um, mm. they gave this somewhat French-theming to the restaurant here. Um, and it ended up closing when they did the merger. Um, Sad. And the, the restaurant area is now just a lounge, but I thought this was super interesting. The kitchen for Bon Famille's is now a test kitchen for, for Disney. Oh, wow. Yeah, so all the incredible things we see at these food festivals or yeah. 
new restaurants. They actually use the space in the French Quarter to test out some of the dishes. That's incredible. Yeah, I thought that was a neat little tidbit Is that, like, accessible for guests? Like, can they see where the kitchen is and, like... I don't, I doubt it. Yeah. I feel like it would be really cool to make that almost like an experience. Like come try some items that we are trying. That's a really good idea. Kind of get an inside scoop. I feel like they could make like a package out of that where you pay to go be a part of the like food testing experience. For sure. That would, that's, I mean, I would pay for that. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) Yeah. But um, anyway, that's just kind of some of the the changes that happened when the two merged together Um, and collectively between both sides of Port Orleans there are 3,056 rooms it's a lot of rooms yeah and I didn't realize this but that makes Port Orleans combined French and Riverside um the the largest resort on property wow yeah I I guess I when I think of them I dissociate the two like French Quarter is very small and Riverside Mm -hmm. is pretty big Mm -hmm. um and Riverside without French Quarter actually by itself is the second largest resort in all of Walt Disney World. I think second wow. to Coronado Springs. Okay, um, that makes sense because now the, the Destino Tower. Yeah, um, but when you combine the two, there isn't another property that surpasses 3,000 rooms. Wow. So I, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, that is pretty surprising. I mean, also for this resort, I mean, it was closed due to covid um, and was actually one of the last resorts to reopen. It only reopened back in October of 2021. Yeah, it's over. That's like a year and a half it was closed. And yeah. I feel like it's it's maybe it was the longest to come back because it's the largest mm-hmm. resort. But I also feel like it's one of the most popular places to stay. Mm-hmm. The pricing and what you get is hard to beat, I think, when you're wanting to stay within Disney property. Exactly. We are recording this in February, so, you know, that's only, what, four months ago that it's been open, so. All the people who are wanting to go back for the 50th anniversary, that's a place that a lot of people want to stay. It Mm -hmm. has a ton of rooms. If you haven't been keeping up with Disney news, Disney has been absolutely bonkers and packed, and so having a space where there are 3,000 rooms accessible for guests to book it makes it a lot easier to get a reservation on property Mm -hmm. and and at a somewhat reasonable price yeah for sure so why don't we take some time to talk about each sides of the resort and kind of compare the two yeah let's do it I think you should start with French Quarter since that one came first okay I will start with French Quarter out of those 3,056 rooms 1,008 of them go straight to the French Quarter, obviously showing that the Riverside is obviously larger, but about a thousand of them are reserved for the French Quarter side of the resort. Um, the rooms themselves, they can sleep up to four people. So you can um, you can do the two queen beds, or I believe you can also do a king bed in the room. They do have some pretty good options for views. You can do a standard view or preferred view. Um, the rooms themselves are actually going to be um, outside entry views, which are very, um, or sorry, outside entry doors. So very similar to like what you would see at a value resort um, where you're not like the, the doorway isn't inside an enclosed hallway. Like you're not inside of a building or technically it's more like a, I guess the best way to describe it would be like a motel style. But um, the views that you see are very pretty, even though it's an external doorway um, from all the pictures that you can see that this really creates a good environment. And so Although it has that, I feel like that gives off more of a value feel. I don't think that takes away from the environment at all. Um, 
the rooms themselves inside, I would say they're pretty they're pretty average. Um, they did go through a refurbishment in 2018. It was more of a soft refurb. They changed the floors. They changed, uh, what else did they change? They got a, um, like a bigger dresser where they mounted the TV. So there's more room on the actual dresser itself. Um, they got new style bedding. They made it more clean. Um, and then they also got, like they changed the mirrors in the bathrooms to have like more viewage I guess before they had like two small mirrors but then they changed it to this big rectangle mirror so you could see more in the double vanity but that is kind of closed off and you do have some area where you can hang up your clothes and you have all the regular amenities that you have in a hotel bathroom um but yeah the room is a little bit bigger than a value size room and that's why it is you know kind of a perk for that moderate um resort but that's kind of an overview of the French Quarter rooms. They are obviously very themed to that old Southern um, New Orleans feel. They even have like the AC unit even has like a wooden like thing over top of it to make it fit the theme, which I just think is like a very small touch, but really kind of makes it feel more immersive for you. Um, but it is like, it does feel really outdated in there because that's the theme. Like it's not, and it's almost meant to feel that way. Not like that pop century modern feel that you feel when you walk into those rooms um so pretty average room but um a little bit more space and and some refurbs as of 2018 i would i would describe it as antique charm Ooh, i think that's like yeah it's a good way to describe it it seems old the selections and the style is old but it's updated and it's meant to give off this vintage or antique charm to what you would expect to see in the south and it in the same way that grand floridian is meant to be like victorian elegance i think that it gives off similar vibes in terms of like when you look at the room i wouldn't say that the grand floridian has this extensive disney theming just like the french quarter rooms don't have extensive disney theming but they're soft they're pleasant to return to maybe more appealing to people who don't want that loud disney style that you can find in something like art of animation well that's what value resorts are value resorts really heavily focus on like disney 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 larger than life like type of icons everywhere statues figures like it's just so in your face but these moderate resorts they take a little step back from that and they kind of sprinkle disney here and there but it's more like a destination like caribbean beach like you're going mm-hmm. like you're going somewhere you're going to new orleans you're like going to coronado like it's just it's it, i don't know it almost feels like a little destination okay so now that we've kind of taken a quick tangent why don't you go back into yes. some <laughs> of the extra things outside of the rooms that you might find at yes. french quarter yeah well i did have one little other touch for inside the room so they actually do take little mardi gras beads and they put them in the shape of a mickey so when you go into your room it's like a little mickey mardi gras okay that's bead cute. thing which like i think is really cute for the theming of you know being in new orleans so that was one little touch for that but okay so on the french quarter grounds they do have a laundry services center almost like a laundromat you can go do your laundry there which is super convenient they do have um, running trails as well as an arcade which is fun for kids um 
They also have a really cool pool at French Quarter called the Dubloon Lagoon, which actually has its own little water park section in it, which a lot of pools in the area, like at different resorts, are kind of just, just the pool, uh, especially at value resorts. But um, this one has a little water park attached to it, which is super fun. Um, and, you know, like we said earlier, like you can use the amenities at either resort so if you're at riverside you're more than welcome to come use this water park um that is over in french quarter they also have a pretty good um kind of transportation system for french quarter they do not share buses with riverside and so there's one uh bus stop right there um, where you'd be able to go to all the different parks and they also do have a boat that will take you over to disney springs which goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the history of like getting on a boat and going over to Paddlefish or whatever that looks like. So um, they do have some pretty good transportation systems set up over there. And the, the fact that they don't share it with Riverside, I feel like is a really big perk because with those resorts being so close together, they could have easily put them on the same bus route. But the fact that they keep that separate, it's, it will save you some time when you are going in and out of the parks. Going back to what I said about the pool, there also is a pool bar called the Mardi Gras Pool Bar, which sounds kind of fun. I don't know. I need to look up their menu and see what they offer, but their their pool out, pool bar hours are actually open for a really long time, which is really awesome. Um, as well for food, there are two main, I guess you'd say, you know, restaurants. One's more of a sit down. The other one is more just of a cafe. You've got the Sasagula floatworks and food factory and this is actually a creole inspired kind of like different food fair um where you can get gumbo jambalaya and mardi gras king cake um so really going along with that french quarter theme but you also there's also american items such as cheeseburgers salads chicken tenders your regular disney run-of-the-mill um so you can get that there and then you can also hop over to scat cats club cafe which is only open from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m., so basically just dinner and late night. But the best thing about this place is this is where you can get the amazing Disney beignets. You can't miss them. I mean, if you're anywhere near this area, you have to, have to get the beignets. Yeah. I've never had them, and I've heard so much about them, and I need to just stop by the resort they just to get those. They just had a um, Valentine's-themed one where Ooh. it had, like pink powdered sugar i don't know that it tasted any different i don't know if the beignet was like maybe strawberry flavored or something but um but also a little fun fact it's scat cat is where the bon famille's used to live yeah um and it scat cat still referring to aristocats that's awesome the movie so but they still kept that touch for sure yes okay a couple more fun facts before we move over to riverside um, the lobby is themed after an 1800s bank, which that is just really cool and historic. I think that's awesome. Um, there also are musical notes in the lobby, but when they're put together, they play when the saints go marching in. Disney doesn't miss when it comes to details. They're like, we got you. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do Louisiana or New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know. And also, okay, one more fact. The courtyard was meant to mimic Jackson Square Warehouse District of New Orleans, which also just... A really cool fun detail and you can tell that they did their research and they they really wanted to make this an immersive environment the um homebody in me sticks with disney because mm-hmm. i feel like i've seen so many parts of the world by just <laughs> seeing all parts of disney i feel i yeah. could say i've been to somewhere similar to louisiana all the places in world showcase 
I like the list goes on Polynesian like almost like Hawaii you know yeah. I mean you experience so many different themes and things in Disney when it comes to details does their research they do trips to these places to make sure that they're mm-hmm. authentic and accurate and so um, the theming to classic New Orleans French Quarter um, is is spot on here well I'm interested to see if like how they redid the the Polynesian rooms to fit Moana. Like, what if they redid Port Orleans for, like, Tiana, Princess and the Frog? And, like, I know she's getting her, like, Splash Mountain is getting their refurb, but, like, mm-hmm. what if they did that? I, so, when I go through Riverside, we'll touch on the Royal Rooms. I think that was a miss for Disney. Um, I I feel like it was probably something that was in progress before realizing or knowing you know how popular princess and the frog would be i think princess mm-hmm. and the frog was 2009 and the royal rooms at riverside um were completed in 2011 so Ooh. it was out but um i just Probably feel too soon to pull the trigger on something like that yeah i um you know if you think about princess and the frog versus moana i don't know that it had the I feel like it was one of those movies like Tangled where it didn't have a ton of hype at first, but now everybody now it knows it and loves it. Yeah. Um, you know, over 10 years later. So anyway, I definitely had that thought as well yeah. and feel like if there was ever a redo to be had at this resort. It would be that. They yeah, should jump it on would that be that. For sure. Well, let's jump over to Riverside. Let's talk more about what this side of the resort has to offer. Okay, so the opposite, not the opposite, but another part of the theming here, it's still meant to have New Orleans flair, but it is what you would expect to see in the Old South on the Mississippi River. It's that waterfront style. Um, There are two sections to this part of the resort. There's the Magnolia Bend and the, the... units or whatever the buildings that the hotel rooms are in um they are meant to mimic these old south mansions they're white they have like the charleston style stairs where they come down on both sides they're beautiful buildings um and then they also have the alligator bayou which that alone saying alligator bayou says like screams princess and the frog to me um (laughs) but they are cajun style homes more like down Louisiana on the river type style mm-hmm. buildings. Um, growing up, that is where I stayed. We were always an alligator bayou. Um, I love that. And the the Magnolia Bend was a later addition, so I'm not even sure that when I stayed there as a kid that those were in existence quite yet. Gotcha. Um, but the the Magnolia Bend section with the mansion style buildings are where you will find those royal rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, the rooms at the riverside or in the riverside are extremely similar to what you find at French Quarter. If you look at the pictures online, the headboard maybe is a little bit different. Maybe some details here and there are a little bit off, but overall they're extremely similar. Um, There's a dual vanity, um, which is nice when you've got multiple people in there. Um, Oh yeah. But any extra space you can get is needed. 
Yeah, and then speaking of extra space, there are rooms that have that fifth sleeper. So you can actually have five people in a room versus four um, coming from a bigger family. We can't stay at a resort like this without getting two rooms because there are so many mm-hmm. of us. And so being able to have that fifth sleeper, um, if you're a family of five, you know, that's probably a really big asset to only you know, get the moderate pricing, but still be able to fit your whole family yeah, in one awesome. room. Because you can take that couch, pull the back down, and you've got a twin bed right there. Yeah. Um, and on the Riverside section, there are 2,048 rooms. So French Quarter makes up one-third, Riverside two-thirds of what we know as Port Orleans. So it is much bigger. Um, there are, you know, those two sections like we talked about. So just more space to have rooms. Um, and the lobby and the whole riverside area is very much focusing on steamboats and being on the river versus the classic like city part of new orleans Mm -hmm. um and so the lobby when you walk in is meant to look like you're in a a steamboat like the walls and everything make it seem like you're in a boat and when you're checking in all the little signs are ports of call different like places that the steamboat would stop and pick people up so it's meant to kind of feel like you're getting on a steamboat cruise ship when you when you walk <laughs> in awesome. um and the 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 river that riverside and french quarter sit on is called the sasagula river um and sasagula is actually a native indian word for mississippi so it's meant to be the mississippi river if you think about like the Louisiana Purchase and history and all of that, mm-hmm. the, the area was originally inhabited by these native Indians, more of that like Cajun style home that we're thinking of. Um, and then after the Louisiana Purchase and, and the French invasion of this area, you can think of like the more grander mansions mm-hmm. and things that might've been built. Historically speaking, I think if people really looked into what this period of time is representing i think there might actually be a little bit of controversy because these are like plantation homes yeah this is quote-unquote antebellum south before civil war and they're still slaves still yeah you know thinking about the french coming in and taking the land from indigenous peoples in, of north america it's really interesting to me um i think it's a period of time that is fine to be you know in terms of theming represented in like thinking about steamboats and that type of innovation in time um but i think if people really looked into um the the history of that time period they might have some concerns about Mm -hmm, this for sure resort um i just thought that was interesting kind of in looking into this um but anyway some of the Things that you can find at this resort, um, starting off with restaurants. Uh, Riverside, unlike French Quarter, um, has the table service meal now where you can go, sit down, have a server, bring you your food. The name of this table surface is called Boatwright's Dining Hall. It is Cajun-style food that you would find in the heart of Louisiana, like jambalaya, gumbo, voodoo chicken, you name it. It's got that, like, classic Old South um, Cajun-style meal. Um, I hear good things about the jambalaya. I think that's one of those things where you go to these restaurants or different places in Disney and they all kind of have their signature thing and from what I've read the jambalaya is that thing on this menu but if you don't want to sit down and you just want to have a quick grab-and-go meal there is the Riverside Mill um, and 
This is where I grew up going every morning or evening to grab something to eat. So That's so fun. For me, this is like a very nostalgic place. All of the tables and chairs are kind of multicolored. I'm not really sure like where <laughs> that came from. Um, but uh, the theming of it is meant to be an old cotton mill. Um, again, going back to the history of where these ideas came from, really interesting. Um, yeah. And the cool thing about this area, there is an authentic cotton press that runs outside. um, And it's got a big 35-foot wooden water wheel. And it operates and functions like its authentic self. It's not like any like robotics or new technology that makes it spin. It Mm -hmm. is a very classic 1800s water yeah, wheel and that's one of the main images you see when you're it's beautiful at like when you're online trying to book the resort one of the main pictures for riverside is the picture of this wheel on the side of that restaurant so yeah and again going back to being a kid like i would sit i would run to get my breakfast in the morning sit by the window right by the wheel and just watch it go round and round and round. <laughs> that's so um, exciting so like i said very uh nostalgic place for me um thinking about being a kid in disney yeah um and uh, if that doesn't cover the type of food that you want between sit down or quick service, there's also a lounge just like the French quarters. It is called the River Roost Lounge. And this is where you will find the infamous Yeehaw Bob. Um, <laughs> Who is Yeehaw Bob? So Yeehaw Bob is, um, if you are familiar with performers in Disney, um, Yeehaw Bob is a pianist and he does like a piano comedy show at this lounge and there is like a very strong following of people who love Yeehaw really? Bob. Oh, yeah. Wow. So with the 2020 closure and bringing back of these resorts, mm-hmm. every as soon as the news hit that this resort was reopening, everyone's question is, is Yeehaw Bob going to be there? <laughs> Just like the Casey's Corner pianist, um, Jim, like everybody wanted to see him. They're they're these very specific performers. Um, They're performers at Jelly Rolls on the boardwalk um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, these are people who have had these performing roles for a very long time and people who choose a home resort or just remember having a good time and want to go back and see this show again, um, you know, they really connect with his art form and what he does and so yeehaw bob is at this river roost lounge and he performs i don't know if it's nightly but he performs every week and people love him so So, um to be completely honest i do remember uh like a piano man being at the resort when i was (laughs) there i don't know if it's the same yeehaw bob but it might be um it might be but um he is back. He's there playing the piano and making people laugh. And I think that's awesome that Disney recognized how much people love what he does. Yeah, and and it's, it's really important. after a year and a half, you know, kept him as a part of what they brought back to the resort. Because yeah, I feel absolutely. like a lot of the performers, whether it be parades or like the Indiana Jones show and all that stuff have mm-hmm. been cut. Um, so I think that it says a lot about his talent that that they were willing to bring him back to this moderate resort when yeah. they could have easily just said, you know, we're not doing this show anymore. Exactly. Um, anyway, moving forward from food, just like any other Disney place, you can find a gift shop. Um, and every resort has these stores where you can find essentials. If you forgot a 
toothbrush or shampoo or you know whatever it might yeah. be um you can find snacks and you can also find like disney merchandise like ears and all that stuff um and that can be found at the fulton's general store and i thought this was a neat little tidbit that fulton or the fulton's general store was named after robert fulton who actually built the first commercial steamboat in 1807 wow. so you know again a nod to history doesn't Disney doesn't mess with the details. Um, In terms of what you can do around this resort, there is a lot. There are six pools. The main pool is on what they call Old Man Island. Or Old, no D, Old Man Island. (laughs) Um, And it's a pretty big pool. It's geared towards the families and the kids. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of hours in this pool. And... um, you know, if you want a quieter pool, there are five other ones that are located. <laughs> Plenty of or you can go over to French Quarter. Yeah, or you can go over to French Quarter, which might actually be quieter because I bet a lot of the families and kids come from French Quarter to this pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have like a, a kid-themed pool there too. So maybe they try both. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of pool options. And um, I thought it was an interesting little fun fact outside of this pool area on old man island there is a very big oak tree and this oak tree was actually relocated from the land that animal kingdom sits on now oh Um, wow so as part of the animal kingdom project and being a park that promotes conservation and and all that stuff they wanted Mm -hmm. to do something that represented that and so one of the biggest trees in this area was actually transplanted and it's the biggest tree transplant in history i think wow and um in reading it it was a 48 hour event like from start to finish 48 hours people did not stop from removing the tree carrying it and then transplanting it into the ground um and it took like hundreds of people lots of people were involved that's insane and it's still there today and that's so really, i would love to like go take a picture with it <laughs> yeah there's a plaque beside it that um kind of reads the story about it being transplanted from animal kingdom and all that good stuff um so i thought that was super interesting if you're ever over there you should definitely try to go find it um it's like the real tree of life <laughs> oh my gosh it, yeah you're right um the the tree of life in animal kingdom is not a real tree so this one was was from that area and is still living and, and growing today in that area of port orleans which is awesome um other things that you can do outside of hanging out at the pool there are actually fishing excursions you can rent fishing poles and there's a place called the fishing hole that is meant for people to go and fish um there are there used to be boat rentals there are not anymore those were discontinued in 2014 but you can rent bikes you can rent regular bikes you can also rent surrey bikes they're the same kind that you see at the boardwalk where it's like the two person or four person Mm, bike you can all kind of pedal together um those are fun i've done that before and then also just to add to the quaint and charming nature of these resorts you can take a horse-drawn carriage ride that is so fun i've seen people doing it and it just looks so sweet and romantic it'd be like the perfect date night if you were trying to that would be so fun yeah just to have something that is like again it like transports you to another place um and so uh, those are a lot of things that you can do at this resort that you can't do at others. And I think that it really makes 
that's why this moderate resort has so much bang for its buck because you're paying less but you have all these things to do at your resort mm-hmm. you're a boat ride away from disney springs you have dining options you know where you are but also disney springs i think has the best dining options overall and so, so yeah like to just be a boat right away from that is really convenient in the evenings um for dinner reservations and um i think i looked into i just did like a quick little research of like pricing for riverside versus french yeah. quarter and they're fairly similar mm-hmm. um but it also depends on what room you're booking so yeah absolutely that leads me into these royal rooms royal rooms yeah so the royal rooms are priced about a hundred dollars more per night than the other like regular standard rooms mm-hmm. um and the theming of this room i if you have a small child who loves disney princesses this will probably be very fun but this theming of this room is very hodgepodge to me like Mm -hmm. it just seems a little busy there is a magic carpet like in the carpet there are all the princess crowns on the bedding there are frames of like all the princesses and then this mural on the wall behind the bed it's very busy um but also like that doesn't really fit with that doesn't fit with a theme yeah it's just a so with the moderate resorts um the port orleans resort did this royal room and then caribbean beach did a pirate room someday we'll have to do caribbean beach and cover that but yeah. i think they'd like tried to like create these themed suites that you would expect to get in like the value resorts but they created an option within the moderate resorts Mm -hmm. for younger kids who want that disney flair in the room that they're staying in Uh, i think it does make it exciting the one thing about this room that i think is a really fun detail is that the mural on the wall there's like a switch and when you switch it on it like lights up and looks like there are fireworks going off oh that's Um, really sweet yeah but for this room to look the way it does and be a hundred dollars more per night I would just stay in a standard room personally yeah. unless I had a small child who was obsessed with Disney princesses and will go gaga over yeah. being in that room. Well, say we're going to go, say we're going to go to Port Orleans in, I don't know, May. What would it cost for us to get a standard room? So for the standard room in like some time in the next near future, you're looking at like 290-ish a mm-hmm. night um, and then... Did you look at French Quarter? I wanted to compare the two, and so I think it's like 260 at the same time. I put in like both resorts and wanted to compare, like, you know, they're in the same area. Is one better than the other? I think if you're, st- if you have more people, maybe Riverside would be better because like everything's. You get like, the extra sleeper too. Yeah, you get the extra sleeper, sink all that stuff um and it's $30 more a night on average but if you have four people and it's you know saving you 30 bucks a night I think it's not a bad thing to to choose French Quarter over Riverside unless you're worried about like your dining options or something well I mean because you can utilize both resorts because they're you know it's just like a bridge that separates the two you walk so easily between the two I mean I would I'd probably go for the cheaper resort option and then just utilize the amenities of the other. Yeah, I I agree. I think if I were booking for myself and I saw that it was two ninety a night at Riverside and two sixty a night at French Quarter, I would be booking French Quarter. Yeah, absolutely. So in talking about pricing, French Quarter wins on pricing, but what about transportation? Yeah. So um, for transportation, 
it technically is i would say it's better at french quarter only because there's there's like one stop and the resort itself is more compact so it's kind of like you go to one spot you get on the bus you go um at riverside there are multiple stops they have a stop at the west depot the north depot the east depot and then the south depot um and this resort is you know more spread out and so having more bus stops I guess could also be beneficial, but I'm not sure exactly like how quickly buses run when there's four stops and like how that really works. Um, but if you're looking for a more compact resort where you can get to the bus stop quickly, then I would say French Quarter is your go-to for that. I think so too. If there's only one place and everybody's going to one place, it might be more packed at that bus stop. Mm-hmm. But if it's a like stepwise loading of the bus and like it goes you know, north, south, east, west. And at each stop, they're trying to load one bus to the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. And there's double the amount of people staying at that resort. It might be harder to catch a bus. But on the flip side, they might be sending two buses instead of one. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to say. I feel like you can't really, it, you can say it's per con with both of them. But I think, I, think, I don't know, I feel like French Quarter wins with that. Yeah, I... This is a bonus um, trip tip for you. Um, bonus I w- trip tip. I would say load to go to a park at French Quarter because there'll be less people. Like, Ooh, yeah. But then when you're trying to get back to the resort, maybe try to get on Riverside because they might be sending more buses. Yeah. So you could get off at the stop that's closest to French Quarter and walk that's back. That's very smart. I like that idea. Um, what about rooms? I thought this is pretty... I mean, between the two, I feel like, in my opinion, Riverside wins because the extra sleeper. What do you I, think? I agree. I mean, in terms of space, I think Riverside wins. In terms of theming, I think they're fairly equal. don't think that I prefer one or, over the other. I think the feedback that I've heard in or read in reviews is that this is, like I said, uh, a resort where you can leave the hustle and bustle and the vibrancy and the you know, huge Disney theming of all the parks and come back to a resort that feels calm and quaint and not loud Disney over the top. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe that helps you relax a little bit at the end of the day. I don't know. Um, but in terms of space, there's definitely more of it at Riverside. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. What about dining? This one's hard for me. I think there are obviously more dining options at Riverside, but if I had to choose one place to go between all of them, I might choose Scat Cats just because of the beignets. Yeah, I feel like that is the one thing that might push people over the edge of like, I'm going to say a French Quarter because of that. But I mean, I feel like for me, I, I like the idea of having more dining options and also a table service option as well. And so... I feel like I would pick Riverside for that and then just run over to Court French Quarter and get me some beignets. Yeah, in the same vein of like the buses, like choosing one versus the other, it's definitely more convenient to be at Riverside for dining, especially with them having the like classic quick service. They're kind of the same at all the resorts, but you can go in in the morning, get your Mickey waffles, your bacon, whatever it is, and you know that's pretty reliable in terms of what you'll get from the quick service you have a themed table service if you want Mm -hmm. to enjoy that and just Mm -hmm. like get away from the parks and be within your resort and enjoy your resort Um, and there is a lounge too that you can get cocktails or appetizers and enjoy entertain like live entertainment i think that that's That's exciting too at riverside 
but maybe you do all three. You go to Boatwrights for your sit-down meal. There you go. And then you pop over to the Scat River Cat. Roost to get your drink, um, and okay. then you go to Scat Cat oh, to get your beignet. You're really hitting up all the places at once. I, I mean, if, if you're trying to get the best of both worlds between Riverside and French Quarter, that might be the way to do it. Yep. You heard it here first, folks. This is how to do it. <laughs> um, what do you? Who do you think has the better theme? Riverside or French Quarter? I think that's hard. I think in terms of a very obvious direct theme, French Quarter wins. It's very obvious that it's like New Orleans Square, mm-hmm. Mardi Gras, classic Louisiana vibe. Um, Riverside, it, it's kind of just like waterfront southern city but there's not like a i i wouldn't have known that it's steamboat central yeah i understand that yeah, i get it do you have an opinion on that at first i was going with riverside but now that you said that i feel like it makes more sense i feel like french quarter is more stereotypical new orleans what you think when you think of that area so yeah i mean i feel like riverside it's supposed to be new orleans mississippi river like waterfront town but without the like specific type of dining or any of that it could also be like another southern state on a river exactly so i think there's more specific tangible theming at french quarter than there is riverside Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense Overall, I think both of these resorts are a great place to stay. I think that you can't go wrong with staying at one or the other. Um, I have very fond memories of staying here as a kid um, and walking through it as an adult. It's beautiful. It's a really nice part of the Disney bubble that really does transport you somewhere else and gives you a little bit of culture as well as beauty to the eye, I guess you would say. Um, but I I really enjoyed learning more of the history of these resorts more than anything, yeah. I think. That's so awesome. Yeah, I think if you're wanting to jump out of that kind of, if you, well, if you typically go for a value resort and you're wanting to kind of step your foot into what a moderate resort feels like, I think Port Orleans is a great one to start off with. It's, you know, it's one of the most popular choices for a moderate resort. And also you get so much for your money. And so if you're going to try out moderate, we recommend trying out Port Orleans. One um, fun thing that I'll say, I actually, just like you can still get the refillable mugs at mm-hmm. all the resorts, I have one that is from one of my first trips there. It's much bigger than the ones you get now oh yeah and it i think it has brer rabbit on it and it says Mm. dixie landing that is so cool but it's very scratched and like the i i didn't take very good care of it (laughs) i used it well of course Um, not (laughs) but maybe i'll find it and post a picture of it on our stories that would be so cool but thanks guys so much for hanging out with us and learning more about the disney resorts Small shop shout out. It's our favorite time to shout out another shop. (laughs) We're just really trying to come up with all the jingles, guys. If you have a jingle for a small shop shout out, you let us know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why we haven't gotten in touch with my sister, um, who 
did music production like in her school education yeah jess if you're listening where are our jingles yeah exactly we need a jingle for this but anyways our small shop for this week is for the love of pixie dust this is a really cool small shop they really do focus on the starbucks cups that are very popular right now they're like the studded cups with the lid and the straw um and they've actually been very popular in disney merchandise but they take that studded design and actually like take out the circle part in the middle where the starbucks logo would be and they fill it with something disney affiliated um and so they do have one that's like a blue iridescent that looks like cinderella with like the silhouette of cinderella and prince charming in the circle which i just think is so cute and such a like such an awesome twist on the starbucks cup phenomenon that's kind of going around right now I have a collection of Starbucks cups. It's no secret to anyone who knows me. Um, They are something I love to collect. And so getting ones that are Disney specific is probably my favorite form of collecting these. Um, In addition to those like studded cold drink cups, she has um, like the, the smaller plastic ones and the smaller like hot cups too. Like you could literally have a whole plethora of disney themed cups that you could use and this could be a problem for me i think it's gonna be a problem for you yeah i use the like cold drink cups for like my water i drink it out of those but then also every morning i make a hot coffee with my, <laughs> so you have the double trouble yeah i i mean it's I'm, I'm not kidding this is definitely a problem for me but in the best way yes it's super exciting and her products are so cute you can tell they're so well made um so definitely check her out on instagram it's at for the love of pixie dust trip tips tips for your trips (laughs) (laughs) oh it gets funnier every time i love this I really like this segment. I like being able to just share some of the things that we've learned about our past Disney trips and how to help make others' Disney trips fun and and productive and, I mean, just sharing our knowledge. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing about Disney trips is you, every time you go, you learn a new way to be more efficient or um, more calm or (laughs) whatever it is. Um, But yeah, there are so many things that we've experienced where Mm -hmm. we've had to learn the hard way. So being able to give others these tips on how to enjoy Disney and have it be something that isn't as stressful as some people, you know, do experience. I think it's pretty fun to come up with these. Yeah, definitely. Uh, What's our trip tip for today? Okay, so for those of you who have the ability to enter the parks early, it's what's termed early entry um, by Disney peoples, Um, (laughs) you better get there early and worry about taking a nap later because this extra time that you get in the parks is invaluable. I know it's hard to, especially if you're a big family, I'm talking to my family right now, getting everybody up into a park like leaving mm-hmm. the resort, taking the transportation and getting to a park by like 8:15 in the morning is a task. It's really difficult to do yeah, that. Yeah, it definitely is. But when you do get there and you get to enjoy the parks outside of everybody being able to walk through the gates, yeah. you get so much done. Whether it be, you know, rope dropping, that's another Disney term. It means getting there when the park opens. Um 
getting to these more popular rides first thing in the morning like for example if you wanted to ride rise of the resistance without purchasing the genie plus um special pass whatever you whatever Mm -hmm. it's called um getting there for early entry and going straight to rise will make it so your wait time is reasonable for one of these like hot ticket items that everybody wants to wait in line for and then by the time it's you know the park's been open for even like 45 minutes the wait time is like two hours yeah i definitely think it's worth it i mean how do you how do you qualify for early entry so early entry is reserved for people who are staying on disney property Mm -hmm. i think with the pandemic this has been reserved for deluxe resort guests previously it was all disney property guests i think that might change in the future i'm not sure but right now if you're staying at a deluxe resort you can access the parks 30 minutes before everyone else i know 30 minutes doesn't sound like a lot but it's a half an hour jump on moderate guests value guests and people who aren't staying on property guests that's a lot of people for some perspective when i was there in october um we got there for early entry we were one of the first people in line for Space Mountain. Then as soon as Space Mountain finished, we were able to go right over. Um, and basically at that point, like they weren't letting people into Frontierland, but we were literally at the front of the line to rope drop. Um, Big Thunder Mountain did not did not wait for either of those rides and then immediately got on Splash Mountain and had a very short wait. And it was literally like 830 and we had ridden, like we've gone on all three mountains in Magic Kingdom, which is huge, huge deal. Yeah, we've done it before for Seven Dwarves Mine Train. And um, we we got there, we went straight to the line and the line seemed like it was forever long, but that's because the actual queue for the ride wasn't open yet. They were just letting people <laughs> like stand in line outside of the ride. And as soon as they opened the queue, we essentially walked on to the ride. That's awesome. And so again, same idea where you get that line that's typically going to take you like an hour to get through and check it off your box and and do it as a walk-on you Mm -hmm. have so much time to do the other rides that don't have lines that get that long there's the solution that's your trip tip for today all right so next week we are jumping in with um a fun interview episode we are going to have an interview with a travel agent I am very excited and curious about all the things that we could learn from somebody who is a full-time like Disney travel agent. Mm -hmm. They have access and input on so many things that I've never really looked into or had the ability to look into. And so um, this is going to be a special one. You're definitely going to want to tune in. There might be a little surprise. um, Yeah in this so yeah next week is going to be the one with a disney travel agent absolutely we're so excited you guys can catch us on instagram at the castle chat you can also send us an email at the castle chat at gmail.com we love to hear from you it is one of our favorite things Uh, you can also leave us a review on apple or spotify leave us five stars leave us a comment let us know what you think of this podcast we love what we get to do each week for you guys and this is for you so we want to hear what you want to see what we can do better and what you're loving so definitely drop a comment and a review for us to take a look at Um, But for now, we'll leave you with what we always leave you with, which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye. Bye.